look how you can make it different and better. Mm-hmm. And uh, every situation you've been in, like, what do you, do you, is there like certain things that you feel comfortable with? Um, yeah, usually anything day to day, anything and that's, you know, like your typical medical call or like your typical trauma. Usually it's like you've, you've been exposed to it for so many times. Just, you just know the, you know, how to get through it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through like your, you know, f- you know, you've through getting more fit, like how has that changed your outlook of like what you're doing? Has that just made everything so much easier? It has made so- everything a lot more easier, but it's also like as time is going by, you realize the dangers of the job and how much you need to protect yourself and learn how to protect yourself in situations. So I think like that's one of the things I might be working on next is maybe like self-defense or how to kind of like de-escalate a situation. And if it does ever get like combative to the point where it's like you need to kind of escape the bad situation, you know how to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, what you know, you're an EMT now. Like, is there like other things you want to do? Like, you know, be a medic? Do you want to like, what? what is kind of like your either like career goals or just goals in general? So I'm currently in nursing school. So I do want to work as a trauma nurse or do some maybe like tactical medicine. But um, I feel like the possibilities are endless. I was looking into medic school, but I guess the nursing thing came first. So I guess I have to tackle one thing at a time and maybe hopefully medic in the future. And uh, like going, like getting into medical stuff, like when did you decide like this is like what I wanted to do? Like, were you always interested in, like, this kind of stuff, or was it someone yeah. or something? Yeah, like, I was always interested in science. I loved math. Um, I just love the human body, because it was just, like, there's so much unknown that I didn't know at the time. And I feel like having family members with, like, you know, chronic health problems, that exposed me a lot to it, especially being, like, a third grader and trying to translate all these medical terms into like my parents' language was also like a big exposure to me and an influencer to, you know, what I wanted to do. And like, what is like something you've learned that like you think people should know, like in general, like, is there something like you think everyone should know, but doesn't know about, or like just, you know, never, that topic never comes up because it's not very common that you talk about, you know, that (laughs) kind of stuff. Um, maybe just like don't respond with like initial emotion or fear. It's just like take a step back and like really analyze the situation before you do anything or before you say anything. So I feel like that initial approach definitely just like creates the first impression for everything. And uh, like it, you know, all these things that you know. Uh, why would you, why do you want to become like a trauma nurse? Like that's a very like. You know, most people just want to be a nurse and not a trauma nurse. Like, um, I feel like I like when I feel like with um, like trauma, there's a lot of things that you can do, like hands on. So it's like if someone's bleeding, you put pressure, you wrap things, you immobilize things, you use splints, you use cravats, you use ice packs. It's like very hands on, and I'm a very hands on person, and I feel like that 
gives me more satisfaction of me actively doing an intervention than like giving a med or doing this like it's less satisfying for me it's more satisfying for me to actively like do something and see like the bleeding stop or like less pain you know what I mean <laughs> and like you know um all these patients that you have do you like remember some of them like do you see them on the street do you run into them I'm actually not well unless they're the same person calling I usually don't run into them again and sometimes, like, my, some of my partners, will, they'll be able to see them because my partners have been on the job for maybe, like, 20 years. And they'll be like, oh, hey, it's you again. And they'll be like, thank you, like, on the street or, like, while we're getting food. And I'm like, he's like, oh, I got had this patient a couple weeks ago or, you know, a month ago or whatever. But usually they'll, you know, they'll remember my partners rather than me. <laughs> and, uh, like, with your social life, like, and everything like that. Like, how do you tell people? I mean, you're an EMT, so like, you know, they're gonna have questions and questions and questions. Um, how do you answer all those questions and like <laughs> explain yourself to everybody? I mean, they just know it's a tough job. Mm-hmm. The hours are just in, in, unpredictable. Sometimes you're coming in for an eight hour, you don't come back till sixteen hours later. Um, not making to a lot of friends events is probably one of the major things that have kind of like set me back on friendships, but those friendships who are meant to be like, they understand, they try to like make plans according to like my every other weekend off type of schedule. So it's like, they try to be understanding of it. Mm-hmm. And what do you think is kind of like the biggest misconception people have about EMTs and just kind of that, that in general? Um, I feel like they either see them as good or bad, um, or they try to put them under the umbrella of like PD or fire or whatever. And like, they either love you or they either hate you. And I feel like we're in this middle ground. It's just like, we're not part of any side, or at least in New York, we're not. And sometimes you can, you know, it just depends on how they see us. And like how you want to kind of make their experience better. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're an EMT in New York, so do you think? Do you feel like that makes it makes it different from being an EMT somewhere else? I mean, honestly, I think. Well, I haven't. I, I wouldn't know, but I right. think so because a lot of the things it's different. Where in the city, we don't really hang around and wait for tones to drop. It's usually one behind another, behind another. And, like, the the things you see, it's more heightened. Um, it's, like, a lot more people, a lot more condensed. You, people do a lot of different things, get hurt a lot. And I feel like if you go somewhere where it's, like, a smaller population, a smaller city, it's, like, you're waiting for that one call a day. You're waiting in, like, a firehouse or you're connected to a fire station. And you have a lot of downtime. Here you don't. When you come to work, you're working every minute of the day. Okay. So, so it's, not, it's, not, it's not that you stop. So it's kind of back-to-back usually? Right. Okay. And like, like, is there like, you know, like you're like, oh gosh, this is, is it a lot for you at some points? Or is it just like, let's go, let's um, go, let's go? Well, you want to come into the mindset of like, it's let's go, let's go, let's go like throughout the whole day because it'll help you with that like pushing yourself forward because if you're looking for a negative like oh I wish we had so much downtime blah 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 like you'll get bored um you'll you won't feel as like you know useful 
But I guess it just depends. You just want to make sure regardless of what's going to happen, you have to be prepared for it. And uh, when do you take your breaks? Like, is there like a good 10, 15 minutes that you're like just chilling out? Or is it like none? None? We don't, we don't, we don't get breaks. Okay. So there's no like. No. Unless the radio decides to be a little calm. Uh-huh. Other than that, we don't get breaks. And um, when is like when is like the like how what is the, like the busiest day you've ever had? Like, do you remember that? Um, usually, uh, when I work the cities, mm-hmm. it's usually the busiest days ever. Um, we do have a log sheet where we like write down all the calls that we have, and the log sheet has about like eighteen spots. And I remember I was pulling out another log sheet, and we did 24 jobs in a 12-hour shift. Wow, that's that's a lot. That is a lot. And then I just, like, I remember reaching out for the next sheet. I was like, oh, my God, when is this going to end? Uh-huh. That That is insane. So, it, Well, it is New York, so, like, I feel like there's a lot of – there's a lot of things, people moving around. Um, uh, like, you know – Every day is kind of crazy. Um, is that like, did you want to live in New York? Like, were you like conscious of this or have you always just lived there? I've always just lived there. Um, I knew it was insane. But I think when I first started working in the 911 system, I would pick up jobs or pick up shifts in the city. Um, just to see, just because that's what was available. And the city's very busy, especially working in Midtown. Um, you have like the corporate world, the like the traffic, the people coming through, you have like people traveling in from like distances of like Penn Station, Grand Central. So you have a lot more condensed, like a, a condensed environment. You're dealing with the traffic, you're dealing with so many obstacles that like someone in, you know, the suburbs would not be dealing with. Mm-hmm. And are you doing the driving or is it like you and them doing the driving? Like, how does that kind of work? So usually when you start off, you don't drive and you just kind of get comfortable with the tech side. But as time progresses, uh, progress, um, you have to be able to do both. So it depends what my partner wants to do. I'm honestly like I could do whatever. I'll have them choose or if they want to, they're too tired, I'll drive or something like that. So it just depends. Mm-hmm. And like, what was that experience like? You know, because I know driving in New York is very different than you know, somewhere down here in Texas? Well, you have to be more aggressive, as uh-huh. bad as that sounds. Even though you're, you're driving like an emergency medical vehicle, you have to be aggressive because um, you won't be able to maneuver through. Um, I feel like I learned how to drive on an ambulance. <laughs> as funny <laughs> as that sounds, I learned how to drive. Um it was a very scary experience. I remember, like, I would come on the job with, like, sweat dripping down my face. My hands were shaking, and I was just like, holy shit, I made it. I made it. So now it's just, like, I have another stressor, which is, like, dealing with the situation or the, the patient or whatever. So I think, like, over time, the more you did it, the more calmer and, like, the more you kind of, like, picked up, like, the little tactics of how to maneuver through the city. Mm-hmm. And, like... You starting to do the maneuvers, like, like, did you just know, like, hey, it's action, lights are on, we're going, we're moving, you know, 
Right. But the mindset is you want to get there safely with you Uh, and your partner without creating any outside damage to anything else. mm -hmm. So you don't want to be the ones that someone else has to respond to, you know? So it's like you have to do everything with caution. Um, You have to think ahead. You have to think ahead. God forbid this person turns left and even though they're turning right, you know, you have to be prepared for the unknown. Mm-hmm. And when you're going through that, are you all like using Google Maps? Like, how do y'all like? Do you have like a uh, GPS? Like, how how do you? Yeah, like, my phone. Yeah. Okay. So usually, I'll know the direction of where things are. Even though I've worked in the area or if I lived in the area, I still put the GPS on just because it's like when you're driving, you just want to stick to driving, and you don't want to be looking at your phone or looking for like street signs or this. You want have you want to have that direction clear and concise. Because the timing is key. God forbid you make the wrong left turn and it's going to take you an extra five minutes to get around, you know? So GPS on your phone is your best friend. Mm-hmm. How do you think that would, because like, you know, I'm, some people in my family were EMTs, you know, back in like the, and my grandpa talks about it all the time, like in the 70s or early 60s where they didn't have GPS. And it's like, I, I hear his stories and I'm like, so you didn't know where to go. You just kind of knew a direction. You got to memorize stuff. Um, how do you think that would affect you if you like didn't have GPS? Oh my yet? God. Look at a map or something. Well, I would. Well, I would know where things are, but I think the main concern would be like the numbers of the houses or like the buildings. I think that's the biggest concern. Um, but I'm pretty sure it would be a struggle, and hopefully you and your partner know the area somehow, where it's like both of your knowledge combines mm-hmm. to the fills in any gaps and stuff like that so hopefully you know like using a map or using like certain locations that you've been to before would kind of help you be like okay like this number was here i know where this is this has to go be like two blocks up or something you know so it takes a little bit more skill without a gps and have you ever like gone lost at all like where you're like oh i went the wrong way gotta go this way yeah yeah Yeah, it happens Sometimes uh, there's too much traffic, there's too much commotion, you make the wrong left turn, and you're like, oh, shoot, I should have made the other one. Like, this is not it's not getting me any faster, any, you know. Mm-hmm. So, What are kind of the rules? Do all the cars just start going to the side right away when you're going out there or no? Um, so usually they would move over to the side, but sometimes there's so much gridlock they can't move anywhere. Um, you'll have sometimes like the traffic, um, like, uh, the guys like trying to maneuver traffic and like pull people out of your way. Sometimes people just stop, like you'll be driving and like, they'll see lights and sirens and they'll just stop. They don't know what to do. And I feel like that's when you need the people to kind of like think like, okay, let me move over to the side instead of stopping in front of the ambulance. You know what I mean? Uh Well, yeah. What do you think most people should do? Should they just go? Like, try to get out of your way or just keep going? Like, what is kind of the proper way to go about it? Um, so, I mean, like, if you have space to go forward, definitely go forward. But, like, just move over to the side or just sometimes people move over and it's just, like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, you you, you made no help. <laughs> you know, sometimes my partner's like, you, you didn't help me. Like, what the heck? So, it's just, like, it depends how much space you have, how many cars you have in front of you, and just, like, what the situation is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, kind of maneuvering through all those, you know, I feel like you could be going here, 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 and there. Um, 
Like, how do you, how, like, when you're navigating through all that, are you like, oh, okay, let's go slow here, let's, you know, relax? Like, how do you go about that? Um, definitely intersection. So we drive with due regard, meaning, like, we kind of have to stop on every crosswalk regardless. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even if, especially if it's, like, a red light, you can't, like, I personally make sure that I cover the brake any intersection that I'm on, even if it's like a green light, because someone could not be seeing that red light on the other side and like, you know, run the light, you know? So you want to have like that extra precaution, that extra step or that extra uh, cushion for you to like, make sure that you don't get into a bad situation. And uh, when you're kind of going through all these things, like how long are you driving away? How, like, how long does, do these drives usually take? So with the 911 system, you're not, you're assigned to a specific location. Like you generally work like this part of the city or that part of the Brooklyn or stuff like that. But usually they can move you anywhere. They can bring you down 40 minutes away. They can bring you down two minutes away. They can get you wherever you need, they need you. You know what I mean? So it just varies on the situation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Every time you like, do you prefer to drive, or are you like, I won't, let's, I'm driving today, you know? Um, honestly, I get into those moods sometimes where it's like, I want to drive today, or like, I want to tech today. But usually, I'm like, I'm fine with either or. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, what is kind of the tech side? Like, what are you doing at that point? Like, so the tech actively carries like the medical bag. Um, they carry the tablet. And they basically try to, like, assess the patient. They're basically getting all the information, the questions. And while the driver will usually maneuver the patient, they have the AD and the chair or the stretcher. And they'll move patient from point A to point B. And when you're kind of there helping the person, like, you know, how how do you, like, assist them? Are you just... uh trying to calm them down mostly or like are you doing actively doing something to help so um it depends sometimes the tech likes to do like the blood pressure the pulse ox the glucose while the tech starts like typing in the information in the tablet or vice versa so one person's doing the tablet one's doing the actual numbers and like yelling out the numbers like oh this is the bp this is the sugar Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i so, like, are you making, like, uh, of course you make mistakes at some point. Like, when you're making those, you know, do you try to be a perfectionist at it? Like, how do you handle that kind of aspect? So, there's certain things you have to be precise, specifically names and, like, addresses and stuff like that. And there have been times where I wrote the name completely wrong or, like, the last name is missing a letter or something because of, like, the situation sometimes, you know. You were like carrying the patient down the stairs and you're just like out of breath and you're just trying to get stuff done. So it just depends. You kind of like, I always try to like give that extra second. Like I said before, like step back a little bit, look over it again without making a mistake. Mm-hmm. And like, like you get, you know, you constantly have, you know, names of people and addresses when you're writing those down or, t- you know, hitting them on the tablet. Like, are you like, hmm, I don't think I spelled this right. Like, how do you kind of... Sometimes with the names, yes. Sometimes if it's, like, a long last name or it's, like, a street that's spelled weirdly, like, I'll go over it again. 
because take that extra second just to make sure everything's correct. So it doesn't, you know, so someone else doesn't have to catch your mistake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what is, what do you like, what is the biggest kind of mistake you've made? Um, was it something really serious and you're like, Oh man, I, did you feel bad about it? Like, how did you, what was the mistake that you made that you, like? Uh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, so basically with the typing, like I'll be missing a letter or I'll misspell something and then I'll have like registration, look at it and be like, Oh, this is completely different from their ID or like, this is a completely wrong date of birth. Like that's a completely wrong year or something. And I'll just be like, Oh crap. Like I should have taken that extra second to like look over it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if ever, ever someone needs EMS, like what do you think is something they should know? Like, should they, like, what should they say to the person that, you know, trying to help them? Um, just let them know what's bothering you and like that hopefully you'll have a good crew that's able to respond and kind of accommodate you effectively. And I don't know, like the best thing to have out is like a list of medication if you're ever on medication and like your IDs and your wallets, insurance card, anything you need to like just package you up and go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, becoming an EMT like you know um, did you feel like like you've done it for a while now um, and you're still learning when do you think you'll be like some of those people that are like 10 years 20 years and do you think it just takes too much time or do you just feel like I don't know enough I need to learn more I think it's usually with confidence I feel like Uh I feel like I can always learn more. I feel like everybody's, even the people who have been on the job for so many years, they always tell me that they're still learning. They still came across situations with me that they didn't even know what to do. So it's just like, I feel like it's just always, it's part of the process. Like it's the unknown. Mm. And how has your like confidence built over time? Like, have you gotten really confident where like you feel, you feel like, yeah, I got this. Um, definitely. I feel like over time you just feel like you've been exposed to certain, certain situations and you know how to approach them. Um, you know how to, you know, respond to people or how to approach, you know, someone and like the different age group. That's, that's, I think one of the major things that people don't know how to approach is like someone younger or someone older like, how would you speak to them? Or, like, how would you change your tone? Or how would you make them feel more comfortable? I feel like that just comes with experience. And just maybe, like, hoping that, like, your partner will help you if you're stuck and guide you through it. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to, you know, like you said, a bunch of different age groups, a bunch of different, you know, genders. Like, at what point did you kind of get used to talking to older people or younger people or people your same age? You kind of get a vibe very easily I guess I feel like I feel like people love reassurance <laughs> and it's just like letting you know that they're in good hands um, if they're younger you try to want to make sure you have you just talk to them I feel like just talking really helps people like take their mind off of pain or whatever they're going through and just even asking them how what, what was their day what were they doing before you know like just small conversations that really might make a difference. And, uh, you know, all, kind of like your social life with all this and you having to change things around. Um, like, 
like your oldest friends, like what do they, they're like, oh yeah, she's an EMT. That's pretty cool. Like, do they think it's pretty cool? Like, how do you, how do they kind of like think about what you do? I guess, they, I guess they think it's pretty cool. It's, I guess they consider it like more unique because everybody uh-huh. work, every, a lot of my friends work corporate. Um, so it's just like, they like to hear my stories. They always know that like, I'm busy working or doing this or that, you know? So it's like, it's kind of hard to meet up with them, but whenever I do, they usually accept it. And they're very happy that I'm happy to do what I like to do. Do they think you're like crazy? Like why is she doing this? Like anything like that? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I haven't heard them say it or ask me, but I'm pretty sure that goes through their mind. And then, you know, and if you ever, you know, you tell them like, I want to do this, I want to do trauma. I want to do like, you know, because you want to see, like, it's, like, do you just get, like, joy from, like, helping people or, like, being in stressful situations? Like, do you like the stress? I guess I work well with it. I don't say that I like it, like stress, because I don't think anybody likes stress. But I feel like putting me under a little bit of stress gets me working really well. And, like, I just know how to accommodate it and how to deal with it. And like, uh, you know, kind of like your everyday life, uh, like are people like, how, how, how is like your family think about like you doing this? Like, you know, it might be dangerous sometimes you never know. Like, what do they think about it? Are they like really proud of you for doing this? Like, how do they kind of go about, how do you think? I think they're more concerned how it's becoming like a dangerous field. Uh huh. And how you're coming into a lot of unknown situations, and it's a hard, hard job. So they accept it, and like they just want me to be safe and to come home safe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of the main thing. Um, and uh, when you told them you were going to do this, or like your family or your friends, BDMT, what did they think? They were just like, "Well, that's what you want to do. I guess go do it." Yeah, it was basically that. I think, like, they just weren't aware of what it really was that I was doing. Um, they didn't really know too much about the field. So it was just like, okay, like, go do it. And then later on, when I kind of, like, explained them, like, what happened during certain days, like, they'd be like, oh, my God, that's kind of dangerous. So. Mm-hmm. Are, do they, are they constantly worried about you at all? Or is it just like, no? No, it's just like it's become, like, the staple norm. Mm-hmm. So they don't they don't put too much thought into it anymore. I think now it's more like settled in that I've been doing this for so long. And do you do you take a lot of time off? Like, do you take a vacation every year? Like, how does that go? Um, I tried to. I took one in August, so um, that's pretty cool. I do have time to take off, but um, I think I'm pretty content when I need when I feel kind of burnt out. I'll take it. I'll take the extra time that I need. But otherwise, I don't really need it. Uh-huh. And, like, when do you know you're burnt out? Are you just, like, you know, like, how do you feel when you're burnt out? I know a lot of people get burnt out. Um, so I feel like that I get more agitated at everything and everything. So, like, I feel like once, like, my mindset starts, like, dripping down or, like, trickling off, I try to, like, take a step back and be like, okay, like, I need to cool off. I need to find some time for myself. And yeah, yeah. Think I think you know relaxing. Do you like traveling at all, or is it just like yeah, okay. yeah? I like to travel. I like to see new things. Um, 
I love seeing like the ambulances in like different states or different countries. That's pretty cool. Oh. Yeah, what's your what's your favorite like ambulance from a different country or state? Um, I recently went to Miami, so Miami Rescue is pretty cool. They had a pretty big truck, and I would see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like are you like I want that truck? You know, like I wish, <laughs> I wish that that's the truck we had. Um, honestly, it's it's not really like that. I feel like it's just like the connection that these people are also working on an ambulance and they're probably working in hotter conditions than I am sometimes. And they're dealing with a lot of flooding, some rain and stuff like that. So it's like, it's more of like sympathizing. Uh It's not more of like, Oh, I want to be there and do this. It's more of like, I know how that feels like. Mm -hmm. And when you, what, how do you feel like when you meet another EMT, do you feel like, uh, we just understand each other. Yeah, it's more of like a bond between one another. Connect on a different level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely it. Um, well, <laughs> well, thank you for talking to me because it was really cool just to hear what your your whole story, kind of what you do. Um, okay, cool. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. All right, thanks everybody for listening, and uh, see y'all next week. I guess. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>